Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Well, let's get right into it. This morning, I'm going to be telling a little story. It's going to be kind of like a story time today. And um, let's just uh, let's just start. Um, the message uh, is going to be in Genesis. We're going to be through going through several different um, chapters and verses today. Because um, I want to tell a really great story that I feel that everybody needs to hear. So it's a story about a mom, but it's going to also impact um, anyone who is... as a whole. So uh, can we turn in our Bibles to Genesis 16? If you have a Bible, if you don't, it'll be up on the screens ahead. Um, We're going to be going, like I said, going through a lot of different chapters um, today. Um, Genesis 16, I'm going to read the first four verses. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Um, If you're taking notes, the message, uh, I I named the title to the message, El Roy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us this opportunity to be here today on Mother's Day, Father. We know that mothers are special to you taking this opportunity to seek you and to hear from you father i ask that um this not be a message from me but that this be a message from you into the hearts father of everyone who is here everyone who is listening online everyone who will listen in the future and see this online as well we thank you god we thank you for all you're gonna do and in jesus name we pray all these things amen and amen so, like I said, the title is El Roy, and um, as I was reading the beginning of the story, I'm sure most of you thought to yourself, okay, well, yeah, this is typical, it's Mother's Day, you know, they're going to talk about Sarah and Abraham and the promised baby Isaac and, and, and how great that story is, and it is a great Mother's Day story, uh, and most people tend to think towards that story as, as, as what, what we should be hearing about. But I don't want to talk about Sarah today. I don't want to talk about Abraham. I actually want to talk about one of uh, the most misunderstood mothers in the Bible, Hagar. And Hagar, if you think about it, she, she, was, a, she was an Egyptian servant. And, um, you know, her father had sold her off. And basically she was with um, Abraham and, and, and Sarah as a as a servant, a maid servant, directly to Sarah. So basically someone that would take care of whatever she needed. Um, and, and the reason why I'm talking about Hagar today is because she was so misunderstood. And I feel that um, we as mothers primarily, but 
every single person in life has had a moment in time where they felt misunderstood or were put into a situation out of their control and, and felt helpless. Hagar, she was, the, she was the other woman, okay? But she wasn't the other woman because she fell in love with Abraham and they had this like, he, he, he loved her and Sarah and it was like this great emotional um, balanced relationship. This, this, this um, marriage that took place was birthed out of manipulation. It was, it was birthed out of control. It was birthed out of a misunderstanding. It was birthed out of selfishness. It was birthed out of her being a servant, having to do it out of servitude. I'm sure, I'm sure Hagar, at some point in time, she thought about it and she was like, man, I want to be a mom. I, I, I want to be a wife. I think I could be a good wife. But it wasn't like this, the way that she thought it could be. Sarah, she went from, from now that she gave Hagar to her husband and found out, okay, she got pregnant. She went from being hopeful and saying, okay, this could be the best thing in my life, to being very jealous and angry and very spiteful towards Hagar. She's like, this could have been different. I thought this was going to be different. I thought I had the best idea in the world, but no, this is difficult. And that jealousy and anger began to well up inside of her. And, and Hagar went from, from now that she was pregnant. Think about it. She's like, okay, well, back in those days, it was always said that, you know, the barren woman, the woman that could not give birth to a child or, or, or get pregnant, there was something wrong with her. So now, looking at Hagar, Hagar proved to everyone that ever saw this whole situation that Sarah was that woman the one that was a mistake. And there's a whole preaching in that. We're not going to get into that. I, I want to focus really on, on Hagar and her feelings and her, her feelings of being misunderstood and not seen. Hagar, Hagar, after all this happened, she was pregnant. There was a lot of, I'm sure, complications that came with that, a lot of mistreatment that came with that. She decided, I'm not dealing with this. I'm pregnant but I don't need to do this. I did it because they told me to, but you know what? I'm gone and I'm going to run away. In Genesis 16, this is where we pick up the story and it says, Genesis 16, it says, then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. And the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm running away. I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. And then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your, your cry of distress. And this son of yours will be a wild man as an untamed wild donkey, he will rise, he will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, I have truly seen the one who sees me so that 
so that the well that she was sitting next to was named Bir Laha Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Wow, just imagine thinking, okay, I finally escaped. I'm going away. I'm just going to figure this out on my own. I can do this. And she's sitting by a spring, and an angel comes to her. says, what are you doing? She's like, I'm running away. I don't need to deal with this. How many times in our lives do we find ourselves in uncomfortable situations, in situations where we are, are, are put into situations that like, are out of our control, and we just want to go away? Hey, I'm the first. I'm the first to step here and say, I don't want to do this. I want to quit. It's always my first inclination when things get difficult for me to want to quit. But let me, let me encourage you that Jesus calls us to perseverance. And our first point that I want us to really recognize in this whole story is that our perseverance, it matters for eternity. In James 1, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What does that mean? There is a purpose in perseverance, that there is a work that happens within inside of us, inside of each and every one of us, that when we persevere through something, that something begins to change in us. And it's explained in Romans 5, I think this one comes up on the screen, it says, not only so, but we give glory to our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. But perseverance, what does it do? It produces character. And what does character produce? hope. Perseverance has a purpose. There, there is a reason why God has put you in a position and, and he doesn't want you to quit and he doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to persevere through it because it'll give you a character. It'll give you some strength. It'll bring hope into your situation. God uses those things, those sufferings, the things that he does, he, he allows to happen so that you can be strong and that your confidence can be strong. How, how is it that we can build confidence? We can persevere through the struggles. We can persevere through the things that we're going through. And I'm not saying this has to be a big deal. Hagar went through a big deal. I'm just saying persevere through the day. I'm saying just show up. I'm saying when you have that argument with your spouse, just don't quit. Don't quit. I'm saying like when your kids are driving you crazy, don't give them away. Like, I mean, last week I wanted to give my kids away. Okay. I'm just telling you, just, just show up when you don't feel like, oh man, I don't know what to do with my life, but let me, let me just go to church on Sunday. Let me just go. Let me just show up. Let me just persevere because guess what? That's where God is going to build up some confidence in you. And in and through that, in the end, you will have hope. Guess what? Hope for what? Hope that something will change. Something will get better. That God has a good plan for your life. He understands. He sees us. How awesome is it to know and find confidence that he can see us, that we are seen. The angel said, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Come on now, who would want to hear that? Who wants to hear that? I wouldn't want to hear that. No, 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 don't, don't tell me I have to go back to that. Is that what you're telling me? Well, yeah, that's what he's saying. He says, but don't worry because you're going to have a son. And it says, I will give you more descendants than you can count and name him Ishmael. I thought about that. I thought about that as like, 
you know, that first inclination of like, no, I'm quitting, I'm running away, you're telling me I have to go back, now I have to be a servant again. It's always a life of servitude. But then the angel said something great. The angel's like, but wait, you will have a son. And I really feel that the angel felt that, that, that Hagar needed some sort of compassion in that moment. Something that made her feel connected to that idea of, well, the reason why I want you to persevere and the reason why I want you to go back is because I'm going to give you a son. That this was a deep down desire inside of Hagar that she wanted a son. That, that, that she loved that baby that was growing in her belly already and that there had to be something good through it. Persevere, the hope that came from perseverance. The, the angel was teaching her something about a, a principle of that if you persevere, I'm gonna give you character and I'm gonna give you hope. I'm gonna give you strength to get through what you want, what, where you need to go. She finally understood and in that moment, it's where, where she says in verse 13, she says, she answered God by name, El Roy. El Roy means you are the God who sees me. She was misunderstood. No one saw her except for that she was the servant. The servant that was given to the man to have the baby so that they could take the baby and make it their own. Hmm. How difficult is that? How hard is that? How misunderstanding does that make a person feel like, I am not seen, I am not heard, I am nothing. She, but in this moment, when the angel came and spoke to her and, and, and gave her confidence in, in the baby that she was going to have, that the descendants would be large, that it would live, that it would go on, that there would be hope, she felt seen. This is when she realized that she wasn't unseen anymore, that she was seen by God. But not only that she was seen by God, but that unborn baby in her belly that was growing was seen by God as well. She obeyed, she went back. And many, many years passed. Many years she endured Sarah's anger, frustration. Many years, could you imagine the, how many conversations how many, how many um, insinuations took place? How many insults? Because remember, Abraham and Sarah, were, they were over the camp, and these were hundreds of people that were there. And, and of course, everybody takes the side of Sarah. And, and Hagar, you know, she didn't help too much, because, you know, you put into a situation, she's obviously only human, so there are moments that she was probably prideful, so well, I can have a baby, but you can't. Well, look at you. Well, look at me. What am, I, what am I doing? Well, I'm his wife too, you know? So I'm sure Hagar wasn't perfect. No one is. But that's a hard situation to be in. And every day you hear those things. Every day you're going through this struggle. How many years you have to go through that? Imagining, did I, did I imagine that angel telling me to come back? Was, was it really God? Did he really see me? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like in your life that you're going through so many things, you're, 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 you're just maybe even just going through day to day and you just forget that God promised that there was hope, that, that this child is, is blessed, that, 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 that marriage is blessed, that job is the one that you asked for and it's blessed. 
is so many things that we can do. Have you ever felt where you were just living and feeling unseen and hurt? God sees you in those moments. He sees you when you think you're going notice. He sees you when you feel that you've been forgotten. It had been so many years. It says in Proverbs 15, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. God sees you when you're hurt. God sees you when you're broken. God sees you when you feel distant from him. God sees you when you're close to him. All you have to do is just look to him. All you have to do is turn to him. Give it to him. He can handle your questions. He can handle your insecurities. He can handle your issues and your problems. Just turn to him and give it to him. Let him see you. Let him persevere through it. Build the character. Build it. Find hope in it. Let's continue on. In Genesis 17, it says, Genesis 17, 15, it says, Then God said to Abraham, Abraham, regarding your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give, her some, give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will become... I'm sorry, will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how Sarah can have a baby when she's 90 years old. So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your blessing, your special blessing. But God said, no, 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 Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you, and you will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. And as for Ishmael, I will also bless him, just as you have asked, and I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this next time next year. When God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. Wow. So now we're going to add to this whole frustration. So many years. The rumblings in the camp. The thoughts and the ideas. All the people talking. Oh, well, now Sarah's going to have a baby. And, and, and Hagar began to wonder. And, and then now worry. Well, well, what about us? Why is God put me in this situation? The promise to add to this frustration, the promised one, the promised son in Isaac, you know, the, the son that they had been waiting for for so long is going to be coming. And, and, and then, you know, there's all the rumbling saying, well, he's going to be blessed too. And this is the promised one. There's going to be covenant coming out of this one. And, oh, this is going to be so much better. How, how Hagar must have wondered and worried for Ishmael. He was 13 now, right? 13-year-olds, your typical middle school. I got two of them. Oh, my gosh. Let me just tell you, I don't even want to get into it. But I, I tell you, I'm ready to sell them. Give them away. Do something with them. But, you know, your typical 13. But not only was he this typical, he was mischievous. He was, he was mistreated. He was unloved by Sarah. And I know Abraham, Abraham loved him because that was his son. But I'm sure he was misunderstood by his father because he wasn't 
the promised one and, and, and we had to go around and manipulate to make it happen. And, and others in the camp, I'm sure, looked at him and said, oh, well, you know, Sarah doesn't like him very much. We're not going to like him either. You know, uh, Hagar, had you have felt that, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Did God really see me? He promised me something and, and I don't understand. Going now into Genesis 21, the story goes on and it says, when Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant Hagar making fun of her son Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of the slave woman and her son. He's not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I'm not going to have it. This upset Abraham so much because, he, because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will make you a nation of the descendants. Hagar's son... I will make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son because he is your son too. So you take, you take this 13-year period and, and it's, it's a back and forth thing. The new son is coming and, and, and it's like, okay, he's here. All of a sudden now there's a competition between sons. One who's 13, he should have been old enough to know that he's just a child and there's nothing he can do, but... I mean, Ishmael, I mean, he's just taken after his name. If you can remember earlier on, I, just, I, I read where the angel said that he would be a wild donkey of a man. He would be a real fighter, fighting and being fought with, and that he, could, he would always be stirring up trouble, that he would always be at odds with his family. He couldn't even resist it. I mean, he, he was named this. This, is, this was like inside of him. It was like, I can't even help the feelings that I have right now. So much that on the day of Isaac's weaning, which is, you know, the day they, he becomes a real boy back in those days, he, he no longer needs his mother's milk. He, he's, he's now growing up and, 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 and being free to be the boy that he has been um, called to be, the promised one. Ishmael's like, uh-uh, you're not going to get away with that. Don't take away my attention. I can't do this. He is now the misunderstood child. The misunderstood mom and the misunderstood child. And he just begins to taunt and taunt and taunt. And he did it in front of Sarah. And that was his biggest mistake. And it was the last straw. And Sarah was like, no, no. You know, Abraham, you take care of this mess. As if it was his fault. Let me just say, it's not always their fault. Sometimes, ladies, you get your husbands in trouble because of your crazy ideas, okay? That's just a side point. We ain't gonna get into that. I'm just telling you. I've done it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she said, you gotta handle this. You gotta handle this problem. And Abraham, he was upset. He's like, what do I do? How do I handle that? I don't know how to handle this. You made me sleep with her. You made me take her as my wife. You made me have a child with this woman. You've been at odds with her. You've been at odds with me for the last 13 years. And now you want me to just get rid of her? How do I do this? So he went before God. And man, that, that's hard because you know what? He went before God and he said, God, I don't know what to do. And God told him the same thing. Well, listen to Sarah and do what she tells you. What? What? 
Okay, now, now, okay. All right? Okay, we're not going to get into Abraham because Abraham, that's a whole other story too and a whole other preaching and let's just focus on, on Hagar and Ishmael. But, man, that's rough. That's rough, man. I, I raised this child. I really do love him. He is my child. Even though he is misunderstood by all and even though he is unseen by all, he's still my child and I still want him to be blessed. But God says, I will bless him. I will bless him. He knows he knows that Abraham loved him. He knows that he, he was put in, that Ishmael was put into this situation out of his will and that he wants to take care of him. Isn't that great? We're going to get into it, but I mean, isn't it just amazing how, how God's plans, no matter if we mess them up, they always turn out perfect for us. And it might not seem like it. And that's why he's calling us to persevere. And that's why he's calling us to move forward and find hope in the situations that we are in. Genesis 21, 14 goes on and says, So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water. And then he strapped them on Hagar's shoulder. Then he sent her away with, their, with her son. And she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush, and then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angels of God called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation for his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled the water container and gave the boy a drink. The next morning, as early as sunrise, I'm sorry, that, I don't know why that's duplicated, sorry. And da 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 da, wandering the way down, and what to do but die. God sent her back, and I'm sorry. I guess I did that wrong. Okay, anyways, was God really going to... 18, 19, that's it. Okay, then God opened Hagar's eyes. She saw a well full of water. She quickly filled the water container, gave the boy a drink, and gave the boy a drink. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, so they find themselves in the wilderness now. So he got up in the morning. Abraham's like, okay, I, God told me to do it. I got I to gotta do what Sarah told me to do. This is probably the most difficult thing I'm going to have to do, but he get, he's like, well, at least I'll give them like something to take with them. So I'll get them some rations and I'll, I'll give them some food and I'll give them some water. And then I'll just pray because God said he was going to bless them. So I'm just going to trust God and, and just kind of push them off. But imagine how hard that must've been for Ish, Ishmael. How hard that was for Hagar. You know, I, I, I had run away in the beginning and, and then God tells me to come back and I suffered through all this and now I'm getting kicked out of camp. And, and, and not only that, it's, 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 what am I supposed to do? How, how am I supposed to handle this? I thought God saw me. I thought God understood me. I thought that there was going to be something different. And she says, it had been days. And I'm sure days, because they had a couple, you know, days worth of food and water and, and they're walking around and they didn't know what to do. Finally, she realizes this is the end. This is the end for us. And she says, you know, I, I can't bear. I can't bear to have him sit next to me, hold him in my arms and him die. 
This is, this is not, I can't. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave him here. I'm going to put him under this bush, and I'm going to give him a kiss, and I'm going to walk away. And so she leaves him, and they're both crying. They're both weeping and crying out, what do we do? What are we going to do? They were both misunderstood. They were both abandoned. They both felt thrown away. Let me encourage you, when you're in those moments, when you're in a moment where there is nothing else that you can turn to, and you cry out, God hears you. Second Samuel, it says 22-7, says, In my distress I call upon the Lord to my God. I called, and from his temple he heard my voice and my cry to his ears. He hears the cries. He heard the cries of Hagar. He heard the cries of Ishmael. He was in heaven and heard them. He saw them sitting in the desert alone, abandoned and empty. And he sees you. He sees you right where you are. He hears your cries, the tears that you shed that no one else sees. The thoughts and the desires because he knows you better than you even know yourself. He knows and sees you in those moments. Let me encourage you. He hears you. And when he hears you, he does something about it. Ishmael's name, remember, he said, it means God hears. For God heard and God answered. In verse 17, I read it. It says, do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. El Roy. God sees, but not only does he see, he hears. He hears when you cry to him. He hears when, when, when you're struggling and you can't do anything else. God hears. And all of a sudden, he provides miraculously in those moments do not doubt that when God sees you and hears you they had been wandering in this desert for so long you don't think that they could just happen to come across a uh, uh, over 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 uh flowing well like you couldn't see that she literally it literally says that all of the all of a sudden she opened her eyes and saw it that means she had to have been pretty close to it. Because if you're in the desert, you see mirages, right? Like, you can see them far away. You're like, oh, my God, I think that's water. And you run to it, and it's like, okay, no. I don't know if you see that here in Georgia, but in Florida, it's so hot. Let me tell you, it's so hot. You can be driving down the street, and you literally see mirages. And it looks like water is in the road, and when you pull up to it, it's nothing. That's how hot it is. That's how she felt. They were wandering through the desert. I'm sure she saw hundreds of mirages. But this one, this time when she opened her eyes, miraculously, God had opened up a well. God knows how to provide for your every need. He knows you better than, he knows your, than you know yourself. He sees you. He hears you. El Roy, he is the God who sees you. It says, it says in Matthew 6, it says, don't worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek these things and your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you when we seek him, when we cry out to him for help, when, 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 we, when, when we just allow him to see us right where we are, he understands and he will provide. 
There is an overflowing of God's provision for those who see the God who sees and hears all things. God is calling us to see him. He saw Hagar. He saw Ishmael. To the point where, at that point, if you keep reading, it says that God was with the boy and he grew up in the wilderness. He didn't die that day, y'all. I don't know where he found food. I don't know, but all they needed was the overwhelm, overflowing well that God provided. All you need in your life is to go to the source of the provider, who is Jesus. All you need is that well. He will overflow everything you need. He will see you right where you are. He will hear you. He will hear what's going on in your heart, and he will provide and get you where you need to be. He grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer and settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman in the land of Egypt. It's crazy because in this situation, Hagar, we look at her misunderstood, thrown into a crazy situation. She couldn't help where she was going. She couldn't help what was happening. All she could do was call out to God. All she could do was be desperate, and God intervened. Even though her son wasn't the promised one like Isaac, even though he wasn't the one in covenant, God will fulfill his promises. We can be encouraged, and we can think through and take this story and know that we can rest that God's wisdom and his plans are good. We can rest in that. In Psalms 37, it says, rest in the Lord and be willing to wait for him. There it is again, persevere. Because God knows it's a whole big story that he is writing in our lives. And sometimes we can mess things up and we can go off kilter, but he will always bring us back and he will always hear the cries and always see right where we are and provide for us. And we can rest in that. We can rest in who he is. Hagar, she never went. She never went and and decided, well, I'm going to go and try and talk my way out of this whole situation. She never went back to Abraham and said, no, please don't do this to me and and appeal to them. She never argued and, and strived to change her circumstances. When the angel told her to go back, she obeyed. She went back. She literally found herself now in another situation where she had nowhere to go. Have you ever felt like that? where you had nowhere else to go, when she found herself in that, what did she do? She cried out. That's what we need to do. We need to understand that that when we're struggling in those times that we cry out to God. When people don't show up, when we feel like we're all alone, when we are abandoned and broken, trust that we, like Hagar, can turn to God He hears us and he sees us. So today, you might be feeling like like maybe you're like a misunderstood mother. Or maybe you can identify with Ishmael where, where he was born into a situation that he had no control over. Maybe today you're feeling like 
I just don't know what to do. And deep down, you're feeling broken. You're feeling forgotten. You're feeling a moment that is like, man, this is Mother's Day, but I don't feel like a really good mother. God sees us. God hears us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He promises that he will take care of us. He promises that he will be near us. He promises that his plans are full of wisdom. His plans are good, but not only just good for you and for me, but for all those that we are reaching. For the kids that we're raising. Who knows what God will do in and through them? Look what God did through Ishmael. I mean, he did great things through Isaac, but he did good things through Ishmael too. He had 12 sons. He had a daughter that married Esau. They're all part of the big plan. They're all part of what God did for us to save us. Who knows what he'll do in and through us, through our kids, through our lives, through our families. If you're feeling broken and misunderstood, allow God to see you. Turn to him. Look towards him. Believe that he has the best in mind for you. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and 